right. Now, what I want to do today is I want to talk to you. Last week, we talked about the dispensation of grace. Now, I want to go back to that verse because I'm going to show you like three different places the dispensation of grace is. We're going to start off in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to look at the dispensation of grace. These are the places that it say the dispensation of grace. We are talking about today in the dispensation of grace. We're saying to you today, we are in the dispensation of grace. It's an awesome thing to know you're in the dispensation of grace. In the dispensation of grace, all these things you see going on in churches should not be happening in today's church. Why? Because we are in the dispensation of grace. In the dispensation of grace, you should not, should not be water baptizing. In the dispensation of grace. Because that is works. Romans chapter 11, verse 6. You should not be serving bread on the table. Passover. Because you are in the dispensation of grace. That's works. Please hear me out. I know, I know this is fresh for some of you. But I'm telling you, this is accurate. I've been ministering the word of God for 44 years. I'm a student. Not just a teacher. I'm a student first. This is what I do. I was deceived because I was told things other than the word how to be saved. There are people today are waiting for the Lord to come. See, it's, it doesn't hurt us in America, but the people that is hurting is destroying their lives because they will not receive the new covenant. Because we from America told them that the Lord Jesus Christ hasn't come yet. And he's going to come and get them. See, we see it all the time. You drive down to Southfield, you see them dressed in black. Because they're mourning. Waiting for their temple to be restored. And the new covenant told you, know you not? That you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and God lives in you? God is not going to restore a physical, natural temple for nobody. You read the word, the Bible said God does not live in temples made with hands. That's Acts chapter 17. See, when you know what the word says, let me, let me read it for you. Let me read it for everything I tell you. I want to show you in the word. The book of Acts chapter 17. The apostle Paul in verse 22. Let's go to that. The book of Acts chapter 17, verse 22. I'm going to get in my message. I'm on my way. Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hills. And said, you men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. That's Acts 17, 22, waiting on the screen. From the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 22. Paul says, as I pass by, I beheld your devotion. I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Watch what he said to them. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, here it is, dwelleth not, liveth not, in temples made with hands. Why? Let me show you why. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. We want to look at just verse number 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, know you not that you, see, we are the temple now. We are God's temple. That's why you read the book of Revelation. It says last chapter, there are no temple there. Wonder why. 1 Corinthians 3, 3 16 said, know you not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you. See, he doesn't live in physical temples anymore. But that's what people are waiting to be built because people from this country told them the Lord is coming back to his temple. Let me show you something. Go to the Gospel of St. Matthew. Let me show you what the Lord himself said in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24. We're headed to our message. I gave you this before we left today. I said in verse 15, Matthew 24, verse 15, 21, 29. When you read the Bible, when you study the Bible, 
the Bible, the old covenant is about Israel and all of the nations of the world. It's about their first king, Adam. It's about their last king, Christ. That's why Jesus in, Matthew, in Revelation 1 and 1, he said, I am the beginning and the ending. I'm Adam and I'm Christ. See, he, he is the beginning and the ending. So Paul taught you that the first Adam in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and the last Adam. See, if you read those chapters, you will see that. 1 Corinthians, uh, Matthew chapter 24. When, there, when you therefore, wait the screen. When you therefore see the abomination of desolation, who, who saw the abomination of desolation? Israel. Who prophesied it? Daniel. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation, watch what it's supposed to be. Now, you read Daniel chapter 9, the whole chapter, you will see that's what he talked about, the abomination of desolation. But when you see, therefore, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand, stand is the key, in the holy place. The holy place at that time was the temple of Jerusalem. The temple had not been torn down. So Jesus told them, when you see the abomination of desolation, the word abomination, the word, uh, abomination means idol. The definition for the word abomination is an idol. So that's why God don't, don't like idols, because they are what? An abomination. Right. That, spoken about Daniel the prophet in Daniel chapter 9. Stand in the holy place. When you see, see, there's no way you can see that. He can't be talking to you. You cannot see it. Why? Because the temple was torn down. You can Google this. A.D. 30. I'm sorry. A.D. 70. The temple of Jerusalem was torn down. You got a phone. You can Google the seven churches of Revelation. Torn down. See, all this has happened. So how in the world Revelation, the book of Revelation, going to happen? See, you have been deceived by people who don't know the word. See, it's my job to tell you the truth. Look at verse number 21. Watch what the Lord Jesus says. Remember, in the beginning of chapter 21, they asked him a question. Go back on the screen first and, and do, and do uh, Matthew 24 and verse 3. Matthew 24 and verse 3. There we go. It says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sound of your coming and of the end of the world? Now, you know what most people hear when they hear of the end of the world? They don't know the definition of the word world. The word world means age, dispensation which they was coming up to the end of the dispensation. The law was ending. That's why Paul wrote Romans 10 and 4, Christ is the end of the law. See, the end was coming. Peter told him in 1 Peter 4, 7. Let me, let me, let me read it. I don't want to, I, I got so much for you, but I'm going to take my time and, and show you the scripture. 1 Peter 4, 7. See, if you read the word. Don't just go to church and let somebody just tell you everything through a handkerchief over their shoulder and then ha, and give you that. All right? First Peter 4, 7. Watch what Peter said. The end. I'm going to wait on the screen. First Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is near. See, the word at hand means near. All things. Peter told the Israel. Peter preached to the Jews. James, John, Jew, all these people preached to the Jews. Paul preached to the Gentiles. You can see it in either chapter. The end of all things is near. It's not in your future. During the days of Jesus Christ is what I'm going to show you. I'm going to gather all my fragments here. Then we're going to show you this. In the days of Jesus Christ, he was preparing them for the tribulation. And he told them they was, it was coming. See, it's in your Bible. But you can't just take people's word for it. You're going to have to allow the Spirit of the Lord to teach you. And that's why I'm going to give you the scripture for it. All right. Now, let's go back to Matthew 24. And we want to go back to verse 21 again. Let's go back there. Then we're going to go to verse 29. I got to get to my message. Hallelujah. And verse number 21 says, Then shall, and then shall be great tribulation. Now, if you read this down there, 
He told you in verse 15, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation in the holy place. Well, you know that can't be in your day. They, they, he said to his disciples, you're going to see the abomination of desolation in the holy place. When you see this, verse number 16 says, let them in Judea. Now you ought to know you're not in Judea. Flee to the mountains. Let him that's on the housetop. All these things, not turn back. Then he says in verse number 21, when you, when you see, when, when, when then, then shall be then and then, for then shall be great tribulation. Such as were not since the beginning of the world to this time, no ever shall be. Except those days shall be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake. Now remember the elect, we taught on that, they were saved by grace. The elect, that's the 144,000 that follow the Lord everywhere he go in the book of Revelation. They had their name Jesus on his forehead. See, all that's in the book of Revelation. All right, they are called the elect's sake. All right, now, in verse number 24 of that same chapter, he said, if were possible, they should, he should deceive the very elect. All right. Because they were saved by not just grace. How were they saved? Some of y'all know. How are you saved? How are you saved? What verse? No, no, no. What do the verse say? Say what the verse say. By grace? That's how you saved. You receive it through faith. So you have to listen to what I'm saying. The Bible said, by grace you are saved. I'm asking you how you're saved. See, that's, grace means God did all the work. That's what it means by grace. Through faith is how you receive it. That's the Ephesians 2.8. All right, so always, always understand. All right, so here he says in verse 15, immediately after tribulation. Now let's move down to verse 29, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 24, verse 29, because I got to get over to, to show you something. Matthew 24, 29, okay? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. He's telling them immediately after tribulation. Tribulation happened after Jesus Christ with death, burial, and resurrection. Let me show you in the Word. See, if you'll see in the Word, you got to know the Word. Like I said, here you got to know the Word. I'm not going to tell you something that's not in the Word. And I'm going to show it to you in the Word. All right, now watch this. Immediately after tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened. You have to know what these words are. Sun, moon, star. He's talking to Israel and the elders. They're going to fall from heaven. Heaven is Jerusalem. And the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall the, uh, you appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth. You only got 12 tribes. That's Israel. I gave you that already in Acts chapter 26. You read that, it say the 12 tribes of Israel. You don't have tribes nowhere else. All right. I told you that. They'll be judging, sitting on 12 thrones, judging. I'm going to show you that too. 12 tribes of Israel. See, you got to understand the 12 people that, that Jesus chose is like Moses. They judged the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember when God had Moses, he had 12 sons, 12 tribes. They have one person from each tribe, and when they get ready to make judgment, they help Moses judge, remember? That's the same thing happened. We'll show you that in a moment. I'm going to show you all of this in the Word. All right, in verse number 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes, I'm going to show you that, of the earth. The word earth is Israel. See, you got to know words. Earth is Israel. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The heaven is Jerusalem. The earth is Israel. You got to know what you got in the, in the book of Genesis. The Bible is not teaching you about nothing else but the beginning of Israel down to the coming of Christ. Now, the gospel is going to the Gentiles. That's what the Bible is about. All right, let's move on. Now, in verse number, uh, that's, for then shall the uh, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. That's in verse number 30. I'm going to show it to you. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And, and he shall send his angels with, with great sound of a trumpet. And then they're going to gather together. This what, that's why Paul gave them 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. When the trumpet sound. And the elect from the four winds from one end, one, end, one end of heaven from another. Now, let's go back and show you that. I, this is where I left off at this morning. It's Zechariah chapter 12. 
Let's go to Zechariah chapter 12. I'm not going to be able to read all this. I can only show you what things are. The book of Zechariah, you find Matthew when you back up, you'll be there quicker. From the Gospel of St. Matthew, you've got the last two books in the Old Covenant before you get to Matthew. The book of Zechariah, chapter 12. You read the 12th chapter. All right. Revelation, uh, I'm sorry, Zechariah, chapter 12, verse 1. Let's start there on the screen. Zechariah, chapter 12, and verse 1. The burden of the word, of the word for the Lord, of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretches forth the heavens and laveth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Now, I want to go over and start reading the latter part uh, in this, because he's going to be in this day. Uh, let's go look at verse 10. I will pour up on the house of David. Now, you know this happened already in Acts chapter 2, right? I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace. All right? And of supplication. Remember, grace is up on you. Grace is for service. Truth is in you. That's how you know you're saved. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The spirit of grace is put upon you for service. We found it out through the Apostle Paul ministry, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 10. God puts grace upon Paul. Okay? He put grace upon you to serve. See, when you're going to do something in the house of the Lord, you need the spirit of grace. All right? And that's why he said God's grace is sufficient. You see? All right, verse 10 says, And I will pour upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication, and they shall look up on me. Not you. They shall look up on me whom they have pierced. See, when the Bible says, I shall see him, he's not talking about you. He came back to them visible. I, wanna, I want you to put down the scripture for me. That's Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19, 20, 21. Don't let me forget that. So you have to know what gospel is preached to you. How do you know the difference between the gospel of grace and the gospel that's of the kingdom, which I'm going to be teaching in this teaching, not long from now. They shall look upon me whom they pierced, and they shall mourn for him. Now that's the verse I gave you. Remember that? Do anybody remember I gave you the verse that they're going to mourn for him? All right, there it is right there. They're going to mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. Why are they going to mourn for him? Because they're going to realize they killed Jesus. Why do you think the Jews repented in Acts chapter number 3? Acts 2.38. Why did they repent? Because they told him, you killed, you killed the Messiah. The man that sent God sent to bless you, you killed him. Then they said, what shall we do? Right. All right, here we go. Uh, in verse number 10. All right, uh, they shall mourn for him as the one mourning for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day, there shall be a great mourning in, in Jerusalem. On, in, like, that's going to happen because when they find out, the Lord's going to come and show them the wounds in his side. See, all that's good. I, I just, I just, I'm just going to tell you some of it, okay? But all, this, all of this is so good. But verse 10 is your key verse. Um, Let's move on. Give me some things that I gave you that I need back now to go through. Acts 3.19? Okay. That's the only thing I gave you. Because I know that's the last thing I gave you. That's, I already did 1 Peter 4.7. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Acts chapter 3. Let me do that first. Acts chapter 3. And I want you to look at uh, verse 19. Now watch, watch this. This is very important because I'm going to show you how you know the word. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, you ought to know right there you're talking, talking to uh, Jews. Why? He's talking about sin. Why? Because you are in the, see my message, if you, if you know what the message, the message of the dispensation of grace means, first thing I said to you was, everything has been restored. In the dispensation of grace, 
There is no accountability for wrongdoing. Now you may hear that and go like, wait, whoa, whoa. Listen, you don't have sin in the dispensation of grace. Let me put it this way. The dispensation of grace, you have to go back before Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In the dispensation of grace, there's now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. See, if you're in Christ, you can't be in Adam. Amen. See, that's why I need you to follow me so when I say things, you won't think I'm crazy. Let me put it, that, put it this way. You won't think I'm out of my mind. I'm out of Adam's mind. I have the mind of Christ. Let me show you something. See, you have the mind of Christ now because it's been restored. You, you, try to talk, you try to talk like I'm talking to somebody who's not saved, who, who are in Adam. They can't understand this because they don't have the mind of Christ. See, you cannot understand the word of God if you don't have the mind of Christ. To have the mind of Christ, you mean you have to have the Holy Spirit. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 2 told us that God gave us the Holy Ghost so you can know the things that are freely given to you of God. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can't know. All right. Now, here in uh, Acts chapter number 3, uh, in verse number 20, he told them to repent. That means they got to have a mind change, right? Okay. Now, verse number 20. And he shall send Jesus. Now, I think this is where most people, because they don't know the word. I'm not saying this to put people down. I'm like Paul said, I speak this to your shame. They don't know the difference between Jesus and Christ. See, most people are talking about Jesus coming back. That's how they don't, that's how they don't, that's why they don't know what they're talking about. Because Jesus is the person. The second person of the Godhead is Jesus. Thank you. Jesus what? The second person. See, the Godhead is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. Jesus is seated on a throne. Once he rose from the dead, just like Joseph, to fulfill Joseph's ministry. When he rose from the dead, he sat down on the throne. He is king. He is both Lord and Christ, Acts 2.36. Christ is the spirit that lives in every believer. So when you said Jesus is coming, my point is, why do Jesus need to come to you when Christ is already in you? See, evidently, you don't know the difference between Jesus and Christ. Colossians 1, 26, 7 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, if Christ is already in you, why do you need Jesus to come to you? And you are now the body of Christ. So you got to understand something. These people here were waiting for Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. We're going to go to there. Write that down next. Let's finish this right here. See, Jesus went away on a cloud. They watched Jesus. They watched Jesus go up on a cloud. They watched him as he went up. They watched him till he went out of sight. The Bible told you, we'll put this down, Hebrew chapter 12 and verse uh, 22, where Jesus is. See, you, you got the Bible. The Bible tells you where Jesus is. And the Bible told you that Jesus was coming back. They t Paul told you that. As he taught the book of Romans, uh, 9, 8 really, 9, 10, 11 is always to Israel. Romans chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, it was to Israel. That's why he told you to write and divide the word of truth. So we take the Bible, we read it all, and we say, that's for us. No, you have two churches in the new covenant. You have a physical church, like your Bible is written by the apostle Paul, to seven churches. You start in the book of Romans, it's the church at Rome, church at Corinth, churches, Galatia. So when you get to Galatia, you're talking about the, the church of God and those who are faithful, which were Gentiles. So you have to understand that 
places he's talking to the church. That's why you got people tell you a woman should not speak in a church. He's not talking about the Gentile church. He's talking about the Jewish church. See, that's what happened. Don't know the word. In Christ, there's neither male nor female, born or free. In Christ, in the Gentile church, Galatians told us that you are no more male, no more female. You don't have that new covenant. You don't have male and female new covenant. Male and female was only given in the first covenant to Israel. Adam and Eve, male and female. You don't have male and female in the new covenant. In Christ, there is neither male nor female. So how can you tell that man, that woman, she can't set someone in that pulpit? You're looking at her as a female. You're not looking at her as a part of the body. She has as much right to whatever God has than anybody else. But you can't look at a woman as female. You don't even know who she is. In Christ, she could be the hand that's going to pay off this church. You don't know that. See, you have members of the body. And each member of the body has a function in the body. And you can't tell one piece of body, a part of the body, they can't, you can't do this, you can't, you can't do it in the body. So you have to learn, this is a total thing. That's why I keep telling in the in Christ, we are members of the body. And everybody got to find out who, who they are. And that's why some people in churches, they'll tell women, you can't sit in the church. Well, that's, that's the church at Jerusalem. That's how it was. That's why when you read some of Timothy and Titus and these guys, you have to find out there's something they're talking to. Tell your women to shut up in the church, Timothy. Well, that's, that's Timothy. Timothy in Ephesus. Timothy preaching to Jews. That's why you got people who tell you about communion and they're using the church. See, you're using the church to talk about communion. You have never took no communion. You talk to Jews. You don't eat bread with every meal. Come on, talk to me. Now we want to get in the church. Now we want to be talking to us. You don't, you, don't, you don't eat bread with every meal. See, you don't shop everything. You, you got steaks, man. Come on. But we won't, we won't, see, we want to go over here and read something. We don't know what we're reading. Then we want to holler about, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing this in the church. Yeah, the church. You read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he's talking about the church. That's not us. You're the body of Christ. That's why I'm going to show you that the church went through tribulation. And it wasn't talking about you. You write the verse down, Matthew 16 and 18, up on this rock. I will build my church. He's not talking about you. You wasn't built. You were created. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Put it on the screen. See, you got if you ever find out who you are, you're going to solve half of the problems in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. You was not built. You were created. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ. Where were you created at? In Christ. You've never been outside of Christ. He created you in Christ. He sealed you. I taught you on that. Your soul had been sealed in the spirit. For we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. 2 Corinthians 5, go to one more. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. So you have to understand, therefore, if any man be in Christ, see, you, you got to know first you're in Christ. All this stuff you're arguing about had nothing to do with it when you're not saved. God put you in Christ just like he did that man outside on the street who don't even know him. 
When God raised Jesus from the dead, he put all men in Christ because he died for all men. But all men are not saved. You know why? Because people don't know there's another half. Therefore, if any man be in half in Christ, it's just half. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He died for all men. Back up to verse 14. We'll read it all. Got to get to my message, man. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Showing you how God got all men in Christ. And that he died for all, all that was in Adam, they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So Christ died for all men and rose again. But all men won't live for Christ. Verse 16, wherefore henceforth from now on know we no man after the flesh. See, so that's not right to tell that woman she can't preach. You are looking at her after the flesh. In the new covenant, you cannot look at people after the flesh anymore. They gift make room for them. So when somebody can't sing, you don't have to fuss with them. You know they can't sing. You don't have to discriminate. Say, well, you're a woman, you're a man. No, you just can't sing. And verse number 15, and that it died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. Wherefore, from now on, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man, the word man means creation, soul, is in Christ. Your soul is in Christ. Your soul is a new creature. Old things are passed away. He's talking about the flesh. All that's passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, that's why we are in a new creation in here. That's why everybody got to learn the word. You cannot go on the knowledge you had from your degrees. And thank God for all of that. But it does not put you in different standing to learn the Bible. You ought to know better on a lot of things because you know how things are pronounced. But that don't mean you know the Bible because you know the other book. Come on now. All right. You come in here to learn. You can have five degrees, but I've been saying the word 44 years. You ought to give me a little break here. All right. Now, now when, I come, when I come to your office, a lot of you all are here are nurses and doctors and professors. So you, when I come to your office, I got to submit myself. I don't care how, how smart I am, you the teacher in your profession. And that's why you should not sit in, a, in an audience unless somebody sit in a pulpit who don't know what they're talking about and they're teaching you and you know they ain't right. That's your fault. All right, now let's go to work. Let's do those things what I got to do because I, I got to get the Matthew, man. What I got? Huh? Acts 1-9. That man with me every, every Sunday morning that before 6 o'clock, so he, he, he got to have it. Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. I'm going to go back. I got to show you Acts chapter 3 after here, okay? Verse 19, 20, and 21. I haven't finished that, remember? All right, Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he, he, hello, he was taken up. He, Jesus himself, he was taken up. And a cloud of witnesses, for you don't have to goof off the cloud and think there's smoke. The cloud of witnesses received him out of their sight. There were people waiting for him in the spirit realm. They called a cloud of witnesses, received him out of their sight. And while the ones on the ground looked steadfastly toward heaven, he went up Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus that was just eating fish, honeycomb on the lake before he just left. 
which was taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And then you got people today saying, oh yeah, we're waiting for the Lord to come. See, that's so ignorant. Because you never seen, you, the Bible is talking to a people who was raised up three and a half years and shook hand with Jesus. Not you. Look at First John, look at First John 1 and 1. Look at First John 1 and 1. That's why I'm so glad I got the Bible. First John. Okay, now I'm going back to Acts 3.19. I forget I got to get something done today. First John chapter 3. I'm sorry. Chapter 1, verse 1. First John chapter 1, verse 1. First John 1 and 1. Waiting on the screen. First John 1 and 1. I got to go. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Now, this is John, 1 John 1 and 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. Heard. We heard him. We've seen him with our eyes. We looked upon him. Our hands have handled of the word of life. That's who they talking about. That Jesus they talk about is the word of life. That's not what you're getting today. You're getting the word of truth. See, the difference is we don't know what we're getting. We don't know what we're believing. That's why I, I keep going over things with you. Verse 1 says, that which we have heard. He's talking about a person. That person which, we, which was with us from the beginning, which we've heard, which we have seen with our eyes, we looked on, our hand up. This person is the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. See, they're looking at the manifested word. I'm not preaching the manifested word here. I'm preaching to you the revealed word. So you have to know what you're getting. The manifested word is the gospel of the kingdom. You can't not be saved with the manifested word. If I preach to you the gospel of the kingdom, you cannot get saved. Because I can only show you who he is and what he's done for you. But the gospel of grace shows you what he has done for you and it's all finished. The, the New Testament of grace is in the past tense. Everything you read is telling you what he has done. There's no prophecy to be fulfilled in the new covenant. And people are still trying to tell you about some stuff. I don't know where they got it from. That's one reason. Okay. The life was manifested. And we've seen it. We bear witness and we show to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Look at Romans 16, 25. That's what they preach is the manifesto word. I don't preach the manifesto word. I preach to you the revealed word. The word went from Jesus' ministry, which Jesus preached mysteries. Paul preached you the revelation of the mystery. So you have to know what you're sitting under. Revelation chapter 16, verse 25. Romans, thank you. Thank you, Lord. That's what I need from y'all, though. Romans 16, 25, there it is. Now to him that is of power to establish you. According to my gospel, one of the days I'm going to show you how is the word of God established. See, Paul says, now to him that's of power to establish you. According to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. He said, I preach Jesus Christ, but it's according to the revelation of the mystery. Why? Because Jesus taught the mystery. That was in Mark 4.1, in case you don't know. And then Paul teaches, or taught the revelation of the mystery. And Paul said the gospel of grace was according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Now let's go back to Acts chapter 3. The word was kept secret since the world began. Here in Acts chapter 3 and verse number 20, he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before preached to you, 
whom the heaven must receive until the time of restitution. That word restitution is the same word as restoration, regeneration, restore, reconcile. All means everything has come back to be like it was in the beginning under grace. Unto the times of restitution, watch this, of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. I just showed you Revelation 16, 25, before the world began. Now I showed you the gospel of grace. It's since the world, the gospel of grace is before the world began. Here is since the world began. Now let's go to my next teaching. You'll, get, you'll hear that on when you listen to the tape. What's the difference between since the world began and before the You know my next, where I'm going next? I, that's what I'm waiting He'll be, thank you, sir. Hebrew 12, 22. Ooh, I'm glad I got you in this service, Brother Lewis. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 22. Because I told you, your Bible told you what Jesus is. Now, sooner or later, somebody can get to Matthew chapter 24, because that's why I told you he's going, right? I said that when we first started. Matt, uh, Hebrew chapter 12. Watch what he says in verse 22. Watch what he said. This is blow you away. He's talking to Hebrews. I want to go back to show you that the tribulation started right after Jesus rose from the dead. I'm going to go back and show it to you. We go to Matthew chapter 7 next, verse 24. Hebrews 12, 22. But you are come. You say you're coming. You are come to Mount Zion. Unto the city of the living God. So this place, this has to be already there. So every time you lose a loved one and a day in Christ, you got to know where they go. This is where they go. I'm telling you where they go. See, when you listen to the people at the funeral, they're going to say, first God going to put you out here and we're going to go out. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to bury you. And then after, when the Lord comes, he's going to come take you out the ground. Wait, wait, wait. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, let's, let's settle that. Because first of all, if I'm in Christ and I'm a new creation, that means Christ got to be in me. So if you put me in the ground, the Bible says he cannot see corruption. So what are you going to do with me? You can't see corruption either. Because you're a new creation in Christ. See, what happens if people are just telling you stuff that people are going along with? I believe the day will come when people are not going to go along with that no more. The, the, Bible, the Bible plainly told you, this is what the Bible told you, to be, ab in the same, to be absent from the body, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, is to be present with the Lord. Well, my question is, when do you ever get absent from the body? If you if your soul is in that ground, in that casket, when would you ever get absent from the body? Nobody said, when the Lord come back. Wait a minute. All the people you promised that, because God didn't promise it, was 2,000 years ago. Now, everybody that, that believed in this Jesus coming business has been believing this 2,000 years. Somewhere down the line, you got to get off the bag. You got to get off the wagon. You going around. I wouldn't sing that. I started singing a little bit of that song. I'm old school, so you get going around and around. Uh, little, little flesh trying to come up over there. All right. Some of y'all some of y'all heard that, didn't you? Going around in circles. You you you've been out there. All right. Watch what it says. But you, are but you are come to Mount Zion. This is what happened to every believer who leave here in Christ. They go to Mount Zion. It's called the city of the living God. It's called the heaven of Jerusalem. It's called a innumerable company of angels. It's called the general assembly called the church. The church of the firstborn. Which are written in heaven. See, your name ain't written in heaven. Old Testament, they wrote their names in heaven. They wrote their name in a book called the Book of Life. 
That was a type of the new covenant. The book of life, tree of life, is a type of the person of life. See, Christ is not a book and he's not a tree. So you are not in a tree in a book, you're in the person. Somebody ought to catch up. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you're a new creation. So you're not in a book, so don't get mad. Write my name. See, I'm, I'm from Mississippi. They used, we used to sing this stuff on Sunday morning. Write my name on the road. I've been chained. I says, oh, the Lord. All that garbage. And then, and all, and then you learn, learn some sense, and you realize all that time I'm out there singing, write my name. We sang that when we was at Bethlehem. Didn't we? Yeah. Then y'all went to Bethlehem when I was just a pastor. We sang, write my name, on the road, every Sunday morning. And I thought about it. If God had to write my name on the road every time I mess up, what did he do with my name? <laughs> I guarantee you, angel was going like, man, make your mind up whether you want to be here or not. One thing and I'm done. Being from the country from where I was, they called our name every Sunday morning. Secretary was sitting there, sitting on in the corner. She had all the names. That deacon says, read, Earl Crump. They look around, you're not there. <laughs> they drew a line through your name, boy. Hey, next week I come in there, and you know, when I come, when I come back, you know, when I come back to church, and then they, write, they say, Earl Crump. They don't call my name. I, I, they don't say nothing. They don't call your name. They skip you because I know my name should have been right there. So after, oh, I went to ask the secretary. I said, you didn't call my name this morning. She said, were you here last Sunday? I said, no, I wasn't here last Sunday. He said, well, that's why I didn't call your name this week. Now, I'm going to put your name back this week. You don't come next week, I'm going to erase it again. That's how they did. Anybody know who I'm from down south? They put, you remember that, some, you down south, boy, they call your name. They call your name on the road. Write your name down. You ain't here. They draw a line through you next. Sure did. All right, I got to finish my message. That was just a little, little stupid. All right. So here, here, he told you where you were. Hebrew chapter 12 and verse 23 said, The general assembly, the firstborn, the church, which was written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to just men made perfect. Then it said, and to Jesus. Just want to show you that Jesus is there too. And to Jesus, the media of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better thing than that of Abel. All right, so that's where you come to when you're in Christ. All right, so it's not like you got to come. You know what I mean? So when people, when people go to be with the Lord, what we call uh, die, we, we said they went to be with the Lord. Well, really, they already should have been with the Lord. Because if you die, you're not in the Lord. Okay, so don't wait to die to go be with the Lord, okay? You, you need to get in, the, get in Christ right now. All right, Matthew, I got to go there now. What's next? Matthew 7? Oh, yeah, Matthew 7, 24. Okay. Man, I got seven minutes. I got to bypass something. Matthew chapter 7. I, I am doing a series, so if I don't get you in the washing, I get you in the resting. Matthew chapter 7. Don't write me no letter. Matthew chapter 7. And verse 24. Matthew 7, 24, Jesus is teaching, but he's teaching parables. So they don't know what he's talking about, but the disciple does. Verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and doing them not, I will liken him to a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Now, who is this wise man that built his house upon a rock? Noah. Come on now. Noah. So that's why I told you we going. He built his house. He built the, the house upon a rock, right? And then he's going to tell you what happened. The rain descended, the floods came, the wind. So he's telling you the gates of hell and what they are. The rain, the flood, the wind is called the gates of hell. They are called persecution, tribulation, afflictions, trial, all those things are called the gates of hell. That's what comes against you when you say you want to be a part of this ministry. Because the enemy do not want you to be under grace. He wants you to be up under religion so you can be a religious person. 
You don't want you free. I just said that, okay, don't get scared. All right. I don't know if I want to join over there, man. All right. And the rain descended, the flood came, the wind blew and beat up on that house, and it fell, and it, was, it, it didn't fall because it was founded up on the rock. Now, that's, that was Noah, all right? And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house up on the sand. The sand is Adam. He's a sandbag. He's a dirt bag, all right? And the rain descended, the floods came, the wind blew, beat up on that house, it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now, let's go back and show you that. Genesis chapter number 7. I can't show you in Genesis. Don't have enough time. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. I got to go show it to you in Matthew. But it'll be, it'll be in those two chapters. I don't have time to, to go to all those chapters right now. Matthew chapter number 24. Man, man, man. And we want to look at uh, verse number 37. Matthew 24, 37. Finally. Give me five minutes, Lord. Jesus, thank you. All right, here you go. Verse number 37. But as the days of Noah were, you got to listen to this real good. As the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Otherwise, he's telling you, if you knew the days of Noah, you would know what, when I'm coming. See, Jesus spoke in parables. If you know the days, how, the days of Noah, if you understood the days of Noah, you understand when I'm coming. That's how he talks. For as in the days of Noah, watch this, before the flood. He's telling you, let's look at how it was before the flood. Because once the flood come, the flood means tribulation. I showed you that in Matthew chapter 7, remember? 24 through 28. For as in the days of Noah were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving and marrying until the day. What's happened in the days of Noah? Until the day that Noah entered the ark. Wait a minute. Tribulation came the day Noah entered the ark. God shut the door. They stayed in there for seven days. If you count from the time Jesus' death, and resurrection, 50 days was Pentecost. That's why I asked you to read Leviticus 23. 24, 25, it will give you the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee, everybody go free. And they start over. I don't care how much you owe me. If I was in Israel, Jubilee, seven Sabbath, seven times seven, 49 Sabbath, after Jesus resurrected, everything went free. So if I owed you a million dollars, if you had me in slavery, whatever happened, you ever watch the book of Jeremiah? That's what happened to the girl he liked. They took his family into slavery, and they had to stay there until Jubilee came. Once Jubilee came, that's in, in the gospel of uh, uh, Leviticus, I'm sorry, in Leviticus chapter 25, it was the year of Jubilee. Ju Jubilee come, everybody go free. So when Jesus came, Jesus came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He came to preach the day of grace. That's why everybody will go free. You, you don't understand. Let me, let's read Isaiah 61. Let's back up. Oh, I can't do that now. Ah, yeah, I can. Isaiah 61. So you have to understand, in the year of Jubilee, everybody go free. So when Jesus Christ came, he came to set the captive free. Because he is the grace of God. And grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. John 1, 17. The law was given to Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So when he came, here it is, Isaiah 61 and verse 1. Stood up in the, in the synagogue to read. I, I would have loved to just stood there. 
and watched him as a young man coming to his ministry. He comes up and reads the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. He said, the spirit of the Lord, God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news, good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to pray, proclaim liberty to all you who are captive. And the opening of the prisons to them that are bound. I come to set you free. Can't, can't you see the young man standing up there? He letting Israel know, I am come to set you free. I come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I come to, and the day of vengeance of our God. See, people don't want that. He said, well, see, over there, we don't have the day of vengeance. No, that's already passed. And the day of vengeance, there was. And I come to also comfort all that morning. I come to appoint to them that mount morning Zion and to give them beautiful ashes. I give you oil of joy for your morning. How many know that's the Holy Ghost? He said, I'm coming to give you something for you don't have to mourn no more. And we're going to take off all these heavy garments and we're going to give you garments of praise. Somebody say amen. We're going to take off all these gum, heavy garments and we're going to put some praise up on you. Somebody say amen. We're going to change your name. We're going to call you trees of righteousness. And the Bible says, and the planning of the Lord that he might be glorified. See, all of this, you read this, they're going to build the old place. All this is, is what the Lord came and do. See, that's why he came. That's why people don't understand. When you come down to sickness, he healed them all. Matthew 8, 17. That it might be fulfilled. Put it on the screen. That it might be fulfilled. It's already been fulfilled. So people in the new covenant, under the covenant of the great, don't know he has already come and healed them all. But see, people ain't teaching you that God already came and healed them all. We, we waiting on Matthew 8, 17. See, he already came and healed them all. Oh, you gave me three minutes. I got three minutes. I got, I got three minutes for real. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Matthew, let me do this Matthew while I'm there. Matthew 8, 17. Glory to God. I, I'll pay it back next Wednesday. Matthew 8. See, if you look at 14 through 17, verse 17 says that it might be fulfilled. When you look at the word fulfilled, that means it's ended. The word fulfilled means ended. That it might end it, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. That means he's not going to do it no more. So I had to find out. I had to find out from God. How was I going to get healed? And God keeps saying to me, it's already finished. You preaching grace? When you're in the dispensation of grace, there ain't no more, excuse my English, no more sickness. Jesus came already and took our sicknesses, took our diseases, took our pain, took our grief, our sorrow. He's already took it on, on his own body and nailed the thing to the tree called the body of sin. But see, you got to know what the word says. So what, why you have faith? You had faith to believe that. You're not trying to get nothing from God no more. It's already done. Let, what, what, let me finish this one verse. Matthew chapter 24. For as in the days of, uh, uh, before the flood, we're in verse 38. For as in the days were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving and marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man shall be. It would be. I'm going to build the ark. Go to Matthew 16. So you have to understand, he, he built the ark and he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that's what happened. He built his church. When Noah built the ark, it was the same as Jesus came and built the church. 
That's why he said, as in the days of Noah, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, if you understand Noah building the ark, you ought to understand I'm building my church. And the gates of hell, persecution, because what happened? We got Acts chapter 9. We got Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, great persecution against the church, verse 1. Acts chapter 9, Saul was blinded. So we know what happened. They persecuted the church, the church of God. And Paul said, I almost wasted it. But on the road to Damascus, something happened. The Lord Jesus Christ appeared, couldn't take it no more. See, when Acts chapter 7 came, Stephen said, I saw him stand up. That's in Acts chapter 7. And they stoned Stephen. Stephen said, I saw the Lord standing at the right hand. Nowhere in the Bible ever said he stood up. But when Stephen was stoned. Acts chapter 8, there was great persecution against the church. Acts chapter 9, he met a man named Paul. His name was Saul in on the road to Damascus. If you look at that, you're, 100, you, 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 you're hour and something from, if you look at, talking about a lot of miles there, from Damascus to Jerusalem. And they was on horses. But he stopped right there in the front of the sun and said, Saul, this the man you waiting for to come back? I'm talking about the man that stood and the sun could not shine through him. Paul said he was brighter than the noonday sun. The sun was dust, but he still could see him. That's the man spoke to Paul and told Paul, you're kicking against the pricks. You're trying to stop what I'm doing. Now, either you join me or you die today. What you think Saul did? Saul got up and went, took his little self on up to Damascus because he could not see no more. And he laid him in a place for three days. And after he stayed there for three days, God told Ananias, go in there now. I think he's ready to serve me. Won't he do it? And in three days, Ananias went to see Paul and said, Paul, Jesus, the other night, told me to come pray for you that you'll receive your sight and you will preach the gospel. I guarantee you raise up both hands just like you do in the Baptist church. <laughs> Lord, be unto me according to your will. He laid hands on that man. That man received his sight and he got up at that moment. He went out there and then, this is what he was deceived at. And the man baptized him. Saul said, I was deceived. Paul said, I was deceived. Because Paul was told when he baptized him, Wash away your sins. And when he, wrote, when he read, when he put down Romans chapter 7, he said, I was deceived. Because you can't wash away sin with water. Hey, I'm done. My time is up. Can you get a Lord a great big hand? Can you stand up on your feet? I thank you for that five minutes there, brother. Listen, it's, it's time to you to understand that you are under the dispensation of grace. Look at somebody say, we are living, we are living in the dispensation of grace. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Everything has been restored. Death, sickness, diseases, pain, grief, Sorrow, Sorrow. Condemnations, condemnations has passed, has passed away. You in a new covenant. We got to learn how to live in a new covenant. We got to walk in the spirit. We got to walk in love. 
We got to walk in faith. We are a new covenant. My wife and I last night, as we was just laying in the bed, talking about the Lord, I'm talking about some things in my message, and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord entered into the room. And I said to my wife, do you feel that? And I said to the Lord, I want her to feel and to know what I was experiencing. I, when God do some things like that, I don't think it's just for me. Because he wouldn't have reminded me. I want to pray that for you. Raise your hand. You on this television here, I want you to raise your hand. And I want you to understand that the God we serve is holy. Say that with me. The God we serve, God we serve. is holy. Said so the one that lives in me, his name is holy. Father, say that with me. Father, I believe in Christ's death, burial, and his resurrection for my life, for my salvation. And I receive your precious blood has already washed me I receive your Holy Spirit that sanctifies me daily. So your Holy Spirit sanctifies me every day. And I thank you for your grace, your mercy, for your love, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your mighty power, your kingdom, your righteousness. Your peace and your joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm a believer. This is the house of God. And I will live for you forever. My time is up. And I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.